Hey, what's up, everybody? This is an Open Discussion with C3 Films. My name is Chris, and this is... Cheryl. And today we're going to be talking about the DC show Doom Patrol. So we are going to be getting into spoiler territory here. So if you haven't seen it, go check it out, then come back and watch our video. But let's go ahead and jump right into it. I, I was telling you before we started recording that this show is freaking bonkers. And that was... I had no knowledge going into the show about what it was going to be. Like, I had a cursory knowledge of who these characters are, but I didn't really know them. Um, it was cool to see some of the actors that were here. Uh, Timothy Dalton, uh, Brendan Fraser, Alan Tudyk. These are all people I would, wasn't expect, expecting to see in the show. And the show itself feels nuts. If I had to try to put it into words, it feels like... Deadpool wrote a television show. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> but I love it. I love the cast. I think the cast is great. Um, I think they did a great job with it. Um, even, like, uh, the guy who plays Larry. Um, I think his name is Matt Bomber. Mm -hmm. And he plays... A gay guy, and he is a gay guy. I'm like, yeah, good job, good. Oh, on. nice. Is it? Isn't he the same guy that's in White Collar? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So hot. Yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I love the cast. Cast is great. I love the way the characters are introduced. Um, I think that it. I mean, they they basically introduce almost everybody and their backstories in episode one. Yeah. But the thing that's still, like, great about that is they they had time to still, like, have the story um, and, like, make you have so many questions about what's going on and keep you interested enough to want to know more. And I think that's crazy how they can introduce all these characters but still keep you captivated and still, like, be interested in, in the storyline. Yeah, I will say that I thought that their handling for getting the backstories kind of kind of ha settled and handled in the first episode within an hour, like v like it was very. I agree, it was done very well, and I was surprised because normally a television show like this would stretch those backstories out. Like they might have started with the backstory being. Um, Brendan Fraser's character, uh, Robot, or I forget his name, but he would have been his character for, like, one episode, then it would have been the actress, the second episode, and or blah, 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 Larry the third, but, yeah, that's very, it was very cool how, how much they were able to get done, and then to establish a credible threat within the first episode, because I'm telling you right now, like, I am a very, I, I consider myself to be a very creative person, and I cannot fathom how they are going to handle the villain threat of this series. I have no idea how you deal with Alan Tudyk's character because he is basically, once again, to make the Deadpool reference, he is basically a Deadpool celestial where he knows everything. He knows everything about the show. He knows it's, he's narrating the show. He is, like, basically omnipotent. And these are these aren't like super powered characters. They're very kind of regular. The most fantastic person is the girl who has sixty four personalities that each have their own power. But everybody else is very basic. 
Like, I don't understand. I don't see how they're going to fight someone on Alan Tudyk's scale. But that's yeah. interesting, though. Yeah. And I think, like, what I'm getting, like, the vibe I'm getting is that they're all, like, baby heroes and they haven't fully explored the their fullest potential as heroes yet and so they have so much room to grow throughout the duration of the series um and like I, and i know i've seen this already but i kind of i forgot everything already which i guess <clears throat> isn't like quite a good thing for me to like basically not remember anything about the show but um but I, I love, like, I'm having such a good time re-watching it again because I feel like everything they're doing in this show is what I was missing from Titan. Like, that the pacing in that one was so much slower, whereas this one, like, we only watched two episodes and already so many things happened. I feel like I watched two complete movies. Yo, you're right. Like, I am really take time to like reflect on that but you're right this first two episodes there is they they basically lose a town and then they save a town <laughs> in, the, in the same episode uh, the same two episodes and then we get like other pieces of their backstory in the episode two and we meet a new character in episode two which is a a series staple for us, um, for anybody who is a DC fan, Cyborg, we get to meet him, and they kind of, they basically run through his whole backstory too in, the, in his episode introduction. Yeah, and we, and we continue to learn more and more about the characters as we go along, which I think is even more great because, you know, you think you're getting every, like all the details in the first episode, but there's actually more to learn. But just like how do you unpack all that in in one episode in the first episode um i think the fact that there's a narration helps a lot because we just get you know all the information told to us as opposed to seeing it we get to see and hear it um so i think that speeds it along uh but yeah. they do it in such a way because uh, you know how much i hate voiceovers mm-hmm. but they do it in a way where it makes sense because the character is omniscient and he's the villain, and he's telling a story, and he interacts with us. He breaks the fourth wall, um, <laughs> and like I don't know, like everything about it is just, and it's consistent. They keep using yeah. it, uh, and that's just his character is is telling us everything. Yeah, and it's it's funny because the show is still able to, well. The show is going to mess with you, but it's fun how it does. For instance, when we meet, what what's Brendan Fraser's character's name again? I do not remember that character's name. I don't know um, his name, but I I think I remember him as as just Robot. <laughs> okay, because when Robot, when we see Robot's backstory, and the first time we see the, what we think is the car crash that kills him, we find out that he actually survived that. And it wasn't until later that he died, and then his family died, and then we find out the next episode, which is something they usually would save, we find out the next episode that his daughter's also alive, um, and has been alive um, the entire time. So it's, it's fun how we get the information, too. And... This one thing that this movie, or this movie, this uh, show, the last, the first two episodes really do well, is endearing us to these characters in a short amount of time. Like one of the biggest challenges for anybody that's creating a story is getting the audience 
your readers or whomever to care about these characters that don't actually exist. And these characters feel kind of like the X-Men to me, where they have these mutations that are almost like a double a double-sided sword for many of them. And the the way their mutations affect them negatively is what endears you to them. And you feel their pain and you when I see that robot is struggling just to walk up steps, I feel for him. When he complains about not being able to do any of these things that he used to be able to do and he's just a brain in a in a body, but he can feel nothing, I feel for him. So like I'm in the first two episodes I already care about these characters way more than I cared about any of the characters in Titans outside of Dick Grayson just being my favorite Robin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're all really cool characters too. Like, like you said, they're they're not like that interesting, or like they they're not like super super talented. Um, yeah. But it's like it's interesting, so it just makes me like wonder where they're gonna go from here. Like. Uh, like already from the first episode, I was like, "What? What is Rita ever gonna use her powers for?" And then, sure enough, she uses it in the second episode. Um, we still don't really like know what Larry's gonna do, but it's but it, I mean, they they ended episode two with uh, leaving us with the idea that he's gonna work it out with you know the the thing that like pos- like lives in him, um, basically like the you know, the other person or, you know, what do you call it? Entity. That mm-hmm. only one of them can be awake at the same, uh, at, at a given time. And so he has to like write a note and, and stuff like that. So I feel like that's going to be a cool thing. Like maybe they're going to make a deal and they're going to work together. Um, and I also thought it was funny that whole, that whole scene where he's like trying to take a bus out of town, but then the entity keeps like jumping out of him so that he would miss the bus. I thought that yep. was hilarious. That was so good. Yeah. It's such a it great was. way, such a great <laughs> way to like show the dynamic of how his character works and how the power kind of works. You're right. You're right. And it's all done through editing without actively being told this is how my power works. So yeah, absolutely. Really like very, very well done. And they, so the other thing that they have, which we made, I made the comparison to X-Men, they have their own kind of Professor Xavier, a wheelchair-bound person that has collecting these people and trying to help them. So what is, like, how did you feel about him as a character? He's actually the character we learned the least about in the first two episodes. We don't know much about him other than the fact that he is trying to help these people, but my inclination, because we don't know that much about him, is to not trust him. So I am going into this series not thinking that he is being completely forthright, but I don't know. Like, how did, how did you, you've seen more than me, but how did you feel about his character rewatching it? Uh, I mean, just from knowing his character, he definitely has things that are, um, you know, hidden. Uh, he doesn't disclose everything to the characters. And so it is kind of hard to to tell whether or not he's actually a good person. I feel like he is a good person. I don't think he's going to end up being the villain at all in the show. Um, 
I think it's just more of a he's more of a driving force, kind of like um, you know in in Marvel, uh, in, for the Avengers, Phil Coulson is the mm. one that that brings everyone together. So I think that's what the purpose is kind of here, um, and I'm not sure how much more he's gonna be in the series uh, or in the show. Right. But, uh, I definitely don't see him being a bad guy. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cause uh, I just I have trouble trusting people in these shows. I just I never do. But um, yeah, hopefully he. I'm hoping to find out more about him, and I'm sure we will. And it seems like part of the show is going to be built around trying to find his character because his character goes missing. Uh, at, basically at the beginning of the second episode. So. I'm not sure how long these episodes are, but I mean, or how long the season is, but so far, so good as far as what we've, what we've seen. And with this, the other thing about the second episode is that it plays off as this kind of, it's, first of all, it's nuts when you, when you were talking about the story, this, the, the, synopsis for the second episode is that a, there's a second dimension inside the mouth of the donkey and three of our characters have to go into that dimension to save a town when they are visualizing their own like worst or best parts of their lives and it's just like wait what <laughs> and not gonna lie I kind of felt bad for that donkey at the end of that episode I was like that donkey explodes I was like wait what but why? He, the doggy was cool. <laughs> he can't help it. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's really quirky, actually. Now that like you think about it, um, where like a donkey is the doorway. Like why? And then there's even this part where like this cockroach starts talking, and he's like, "Yeah, so dominate the world and everything." And then like he even gets sucked into the vortex too, and he's in the donkey. And then when we go in the donkey, we see, like, a picture of the cockroach posted <laughs> with all the other citizens of the town. So like, weird. <laughs> like, what? It's weird, but it's funny. And, it like, it, it really gives the show a lot of character because it's so quirky. And so I guess, like, another, another thing about it is, like, you just really don't know what to expect from this show because it's so off the charts. Like, anything can happen. That's true. No, that's absolutely true. And when it comes to them, um, I guess when it comes to them seeing kind of their their lives when they were, when we learned more about um, Victor Stone and everything else like that, I thought that this was also pretty cool, how Victor gives, like, I like how they're handling Victor as being a character that is already seasoned at being a hero. Um, so it's not like this just happened to him. And even when, um, uh, nobody is talking to him, nobody is saying, like, we're get jumping right to it with you because you know what this is all about. And then it was interesting to see that Victor was, he gave that speech at the end, which felt like a very strong character speech. And then you find out at the end of the episode, he's basically just verbatim saying what his father has said to him. So it makes you wonder, it's like, oh, wait, is this actually what you believe? Or has this been fed to you by your dad? Which is something that even nobody tries to, like, hint at. So I like I like how that is subtly um, suggested as well. And I like, I like a lot about what they are 
doing with Cyborg. I don't know that I'm 100% on the makeup that they have for Cyborg, um, but I don't know. I think that I think that Cyborg's a, a challenging character to make look look right in live action. Yeah, I think the other thing though is um, I don't believe that Cyborg is going to be. Um, I think he's going to be like a reoccurring character as opposed to oh uh, to a, a main. A main. Yeah, because I think we all know, like, he's he's part of Titan, and he's also part of um, Justice League. And they even bring it up, like, you know, in five years, he's going to be good enough to be on the Justice League. Um, right. And, and and so I, I don't think that he's, his um, his uh, residency on the show is going to be very long. So I, I think it's okay. I, I do enjoy the way that they're treating the character because I feel like they're doing a good job of really fleshing him out and, and making him belong with the others at the same time uh, standing on his own and knowing that he's not going to be there forever. Um, I can really feel that like he's there to help kind of um, feeling. Uh, he's not really quite part of the team. But he's part of the team. Right. So we've talked about basically all the characters except for one. We haven't really got to talk about Crazy Jane yet. What are your feelings on that character? When, For me, when I first saw her, uh, she seemed like she was pretty cool. The, per- the multiple personality things is another X-Men reference. is very much like a character called Legion, who also got his own television show on FX who Legion is the son of Professor Xavier and his whole thing is that he has multiple personality disorder and each of his personalities have their own power. Um, so that's why his name is Legion. But so Crazy Jane has the same kind of thing going for her and that's to me that makes her seem like she could be the most powerful. But and obviously these characters have a lot a lot of room to grow. Uh, one of the cool things about Larry is that he doesn't want to get involved and neither does um, Rita, like none of these, these characters don't want to save people. They're not heroes. Um, right now, Robot Guy is the only guy that like really is like trying to lean into that. So that's kind of cool because that gives these characters a place to go over the course of the season. Um, I'm very curious about where they go with Jane because it seems very hard to have consistency with an inconsistent character. So I'm... I'm cautiously optimistic about her because I like her, but at the same time, I actually kind of don't like her. Um, like these these moments where she flies off uh, on the handle because she gets she switches to Hammerhead or to some other personality that you can use as a Deus Ex Machina if you want because there's 64 and we're not going to see all of them at one time. So I'm I'm a little nervous about her character on the show, but I I'm optimistic about her character. Yeah, I don't really know where she stands either. Again, I know I watched the show already, but I can't remember anything. Um, <laughs> I do feel like she's not really part of the core team. I think it really is <laughs> Robot, Rita, and Larry. Um, and then essentially everyone else is just kind of a side character, uh, and they're not really permanent um, figures of the team. Um, <laughs> that, that's kind of how I feel with her as well, because we kind of meet her later. And, um, and also she, she just feels like an outsider because we know, um, from what Rita says 
that she doesn't come by very often. And also because we, we know that Robot was there for, like, years. He'd yeah. fell in, and he still didn't meet her. So I mm-hmm. feel like she's not quite a permanent figure to the team. Um, okay. So I, I don't really know. I feel like she just might be another one of the driving forces, um, kind of like Calder, uh, that just kind of... It, and, and even Cyborg, where it's just a splash of stuff to move the story along. Mm, okay. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Um, I like, like I said, I like her character, but, um, yeah, I'm just a little nervous about her character, of what she can represent. But, yeah, like, overall, I got to say that the show really just, in general, surprised me. I wasn't expecting it to be as good as it is, as it is and how self-aware it is you know you mentioned the whole thing about um when we were on our stream how Alan Tudyk's character calls out the DC streamer the DC streaming service uh subscribers for and they also make he makes a Grant Morrison reference who is a famous uh comics creator in DC people like Grant Morrison for like his Superman betrayal and things like that um and, yeah, the fact that he is actively addressing the audience, calling out the audience, it just, it makes the show just even more bonkers um, to just, to be a part of and to experience. The fact that he talks to us, but then he talks to the characters, even he seems to be, like, there's one scene which is really well done where we hear his narration the way we normally do, and then we cut to him in the car and he's narrating as he normally does but he's physically visible on screen while he's narrating to us so there's a lot of cool camera tricks that the show does too to get the story across and how crazy this part of the world is yeah i definitely feel like because of how crazy the show got and and like the breaking of the fourth wall and everything it just feels like they could do it, it, they open it up so that they can really just do whatever the heck they want to do, right? Um, and and I think that's why it's also exciting because I think they're doing it in a really good way because it's clever, it's not hokey, um, it still makes sense to the story and the overall vibe of the show is consistent. So I think it just works, um, everything about it. Although I, I would say that the, uh, the CGI is not the greatest um, it's, TV, it's tv cgi <laughs> yeah it's not the greatest um but you know like you said it's a tv show and i think that it's easy to just you know forgive it because you know one it's a tv show and two because the story is so interesting and it's so good that it doesn't really matter this is alan tudyk <laughs> yeah yeah as the exactly. villain as the villain which mm. That's how you make a. That's how you make a great villain. Yeah, and that's how you make them threatening. You make them seem like they are unstoppable and have us legitimately question: How can our heroes defeat this guy? Because there seems like there is no way, and that is intrigue. So, yeah, uh, I pleasant surprise for me. Doom Patrol. Um, a lot of people told me that it was good, and I think I still went in with low expectations, but. Pleasantly surprised. I'll probably continue watching it. Uh, the new season, season three, is going to be starting soon. And it just kind of makes you wonder, like, why they weren't able to 
replicate this type of creativity with Titans, even though I know Titans is... Maybe that's right, because Titans doesn't have a fourth wall breaking Alan Tudyk. Maybe that's what Titans needed. <laughs> I think uh, Titans doesn't have an all-star cast like Doom Patrol does either. That's very true. And let me just say, I am happy to see Brennan Fraser again. Because it's been a while. Like, I loved him in the Mummy movies. Brendan Fraser is just, he's a charming individual, and at least what we see on, on screen. And I am very happy that he is basically the star of this, uh, of this show. So, and, he, it's, and does, he does good voice acting work, because a lot of this is his voice acting. Yeah. I think the lead-in is great, too, because we use him as the doorway to be yes. introduced into the world. And because he's a robot, he can be, like, turned off, turned on. And, like, you know, we mm -hmm. get to have time lapse there without it, like, not making any sense. Um, it makes sense to me. I mean, it kind of sucks for him that he can just be turned off. But, you know. Yeah. I think it was a clever way to uh, to, to push the time along. And, and interest, introduce us as viewers into the world along with the narration from um, Alan Tudyk. Yeah, 100% agree. So is there anything else that uh, you wanted to mention about the show that you were just itching to get off your chest? Uh, there's a, I know you had a lot of notes down. It's a long, basically two hours. The, both episodes are basically 58 minutes long. So there's a lot of content within them. Yeah, I was going to say that um, it would have been a good idea for, uh, for uh, what's his name, uh, Calder, to let them go out once a year on Halloween. Yeah, it's usually the thing, right? I mean, it's a good excuse because people just think it's a Halloween outfit. Exactly. Um, and and there, there's no question. And they all actually look pretty, they would be pretty cool Halloween outfits, if we're being honest. Like, the, the robot and Larry, just themselves, would be, people would love their outfits. Yeah, and Rita could go as Rita. Yeah, exactly. And they would just say, oh, you're like that, you're that old, act, that 50s actress. And she's like, yeah, of course, that's, that's who I'm dressed up as. Which, by the way, her conversation with, I, I like Rita because... She's unlikable. And when that conversation where they have where she wants to talk, where the woman is talking about how she used to watch Rita with her father and she talks about how she, like, she got to like get to know him and then Rita's like, oh, come come talk. And I was like, oh, you want to talk about my father? No. <laughs> she, she wants to talk about her. <laughs> and it's just like, okay. So you're a jerk that is self-centered and you know you're the one that got a guy fired because he was like had one arm even though he was good at his job and now karma says now you're going to look like a bloated blob for the rest of your life but even though you look like a bloated blob you are still arrogant and and egotistical so what has to happen to you to teach you how to be humble yeah and that, okay, well that's her weakness though Cause yeah. she starts to, cause she's actually not self confident at all, or she has very low self esteem, cause that's mm -hmm. why she, that's her weakness. She can't control her um, physical being when she's not feeling good. So, right, that's her weakness. Um, oddly enough, she's my favorite character. I think. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, she seems like she she is a she can be cool, and she's a 
good character overall. And I, I like the fact that the character has some place that she can go. So, yeah, I'm curious to see... Um, I'm curious to see where they go with her, and I'm just curious to see what else they do with the show. I have no idea what is coming for this show. Like, I legitimately am just a blank, a blank slate when it comes to this show. So, it'll be a, it'll be a fun ride, that's for sure. Definitely, I um, am excited to watch it again and be surprised again. Sick. <laughs> so, what about you guys? Have you guys seen Doom Patrol? What did you think about it? Did you enjoy the first two episodes? Have you seen the first two seasons? Uh, season three is going to be coming out soon. Are you going to be watching it? Do you like it more than Titans? Whatever you thought, comment below. Let us know. And right down there, if you give us like, share, and subscribe. Even if you don't, though, I have been Chris, and this has been... Cheryl, and we'll see you all next time. <laughs>